you get a robocall on an election day telling you to go to a different polling station than the one you thought, that's disinformation, right? Question is, should there be more accountability for tracking down who is responsible? It's the kind of election, let's say, shenanigans that seem to have been around for a long time. But there is new proposed legislation uh, that will hopefully address some of this. But how will it actually work? And where are the lines on this? Well, joining us now to talk more about it is Nikki Sharma, the Attorney General of BC. Thank you for joining us this morning. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, first off, what was the impetus for this legislation? Well, uh, in BC, we're constantly looking at elections and trying to improve the process. And we've been doing that as a government over the last few years. And this is from a report that the chief electoral officer issued to us in 2020 that was about disinformation. And and we took a look at that report and, and are creating these amendments to the Election Act in response to that. Okay. Were there specific incidents that were of concern? Um, I think generally there's been, and everybody's seen this in their communities, a rise of disinformation across the world. And, and of course, with like digital platforms, it's way easier to spread disinformation than impacts. Um, so really, the Chief Electoral, Electoral Officer's report was about basically global trends when it comes to this stuff and how we need to respond to that in BC. Okay, so what will the legislation do? And um, so it, it attacks disinformation kind of on three fronts. So first of all, if you're a candidate, and you're spreading um, disinformation about where you were born, your citizenship, uh, membership to an association, your qualifications, or if you're an individual organization that's doing the same thing. But also, as you mentioned at the top, that w- the disinformation that comes into play that's about like getting in between people's ability to vote. So telling them the wrong information about a polling booth, telling the wrong hours, just deliberate attempts to interfere with people's ability to vote. So it kind of attacks dis- disinformation on all of those fronts. So was this a loophole, do you think, before? And, and so will this now give authorities the power to, to go after that? That's right. So if the, if the changes get passed, the chief electoral officer will have some pretty strong um, powers to go after this. And that includes fines for people up to $20,000 for individual organizations, but also digital platforms. So if you don't take down the content uh, so we could attack it quickly, um, it's up to 50000 a day um, for those fines. So it's really to send a message to people out there that we care about the integrity of our elections and that if you are there to interfere with that on purpose, that we're, we're going to uh, take action. So how do you define, I guess, disinformation on that? Like, will this impact political parties who, you know, will say things about another policy on the other side? And, and so, like, where do you draw the line on that? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's a really important line because, as we know, that elections are a time of debate, of ideas and perspectives. And and so where we really um, drew the line was from um, advice from the chief electoral officer. So really clear things that we know are wrong, whether it's the location of a polling booth, whether somebody has certain qualifications or not, whether they have a criminal record or not, what their place of birth, and you certainly saw that, um, the, the birth or claims in the states with Trump and Obama. So it was, uh, you can't lie about somebody's place of birth or citizenship. So those kind of ways that we can say when go in that are very clearly wrong and are there to impact um, the results of election. But of course, there's going to be different perspectives and different points of views on many different things in an election, and we need that. And we and we were not we're not going to step in in that in that in that instance. Right. So it's not going to be like you can use it as a fact check against your opponent. 
No, I, that that's not the intent of it. It's for it's for those specific areas where we know um, it's a lie and it's it's, it's going to impact the election. But it's something that's objectively wrong. So does this give then elections BC to beef up their powers in going after these instances? That's right. The chief electoral officer can issue fines and and take down orders and really has way more tools if the, these amendments pass to actually circle around this behavior and put an end to it. So we know that uh, British Columbians can continue to trust the integrity of our electoral process and, and know that we're preventing people from interfering in that way. It's tough to sometimes find out, though, who is behind these things, isn't it? And does this also apply on the municipal level? Anything, I guess, having to do with Elections BC? Well, this is this is focused on um, provincial level elections, but of course, like the chief electoral powers can go into different elections in the province in various ways. Um, and you know, it, it can be hard to figure out who's doing things, but we know that organization and individuals are covered by these amendments. So the chief electoral officer can look at um, any individual organizations that are doing this conduct, that are perpetuating this stuff with the intent to interfere in the election. Um, and really investigate and go after those people. I also, while, while I have you this morning, also wanted to ask you about, I think, an announcement you've got coming up, which is the Intimate Images Protection Act. What will this involve? Um, well, the details will be announced um, this afternoon. I'm really happy to come back on, Simi, and talk to you about it once we do that. But really, it's about, um, it's about taking action when it comes to the non-consensual, so without people's consent, the distribution of intimate images. And that's been a long process, hasn't it? Like, I know there's been a public consultation process for this. Yeah, it, it, we wanted to do it right, and we wanted to talk to all the people that are, are involved in the space or impacted by the space to make sure that we did. So today's announcement will really go through what I believe is a really robust process that really protects victims. So the disinformation and even the Intimate Images Acts, then are these, is BC doing catch up on these? Are there other jurisdictions that have already done work in this regard? Um, Well, we're always trying to improve our processes in BC, and sometimes that is learning from other jurisdictions and what they're doing. But uh, what you'll see in the announcement today is that we've gone um, above and beyond any other jurisdictions when it comes to how we're tackling this in BC. And with the disinformation, I believe we're amongst the leaders in making sure that our our, uh, legislation is... um, has the power, our elections have the power to, to go after disinformation. Right. And so the disinformation then is very, is it quite specific? So if you try to interfere in the electoral process in some way? With the intent of doing so, yes. Not, but also just spreading disinformation about candidates or uh, their association and all those categories that I talked about before with the intent of in- impacting the election. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Well, it's great to be here and invite me back anytime if you want to talk about the announcement today. I'm happy to come and on. You know we will. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's Nikki Sharma, the Attorney General of BC, talking about election disinformation. They have another announcement coming up later today having to do with um, sextortion, the Intimate Images Protection Act. But when it comes to disinformation, it's interesting. So they're trying to crack down on the spread of deliberate disinformation about the electoral process. So things like Um, You know, disinformation about voting eligibility or dates, times, locations, things like that. So, you know, misleading people about where they can vote, how they can vote, when to vote, that kind of thing, which has been happening, right, in recent elections. So this gives um, Elections BC, the chief electoral officer, the power to crack down on that. It'll be interesting to see this one in action for sure.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.